Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. It's 2.07 on a Monday afternoon. Ryan, you can take it from here. Go on. All right. Uh, anybody watch that video of Taylor Lorenz? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say, I didn't. Can you tell me about it? <laughs> we were just talking off the air about, I, I asked them, I go, did I tease anything for the 2 o'clock hour? Lots of things moving here on any given day, and the the radio pro thing to do, as uh, Ryan will tell you in the business, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to tell you what we're going to talk about next, so that you don't go anywhere, <laughs> so that you listen longer. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Sometimes I don't know what we're going to talk about next. Sometimes I know that we have a guest scheduled next, and I know that that guest is maybe there two out of three times, and I don't want to tease it if I feel like maybe they might not show up. So you kind of just figure it out. And I was saying to Brad and Ryan, one of the things that I love so much about being a part of this show is that I go into the 2 o'clock hour, I said three out of five times a week, not 100% sure what we're talking about next while the intro is playing. Yeah, it's great. That's one of my favorite parts, too. Yeah? Because I can look over sometimes and be like, oh, there she goes. (laughs) She's digging like a mole for a worm. (laughs) Dude. Do moles dig for worms? Listen, <laughs> I'm not here to dissect the nature of worms. Grubs. 
and and moles. Do moles dig for worms? Listen again. Now, stop saying listen like a politician who is so freaking wrong. Look. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it right there. Do, and then you say whatever you want. I'm going to hold you to you. Hey, do, wait, hang on. Do moles dig for worms? Yes or no? Listen. Ah! There, there, there was one time, Annie. Let me be clear. Watch, watch how this, this is how politicians do this. Let me get this. my button bingo card out. Go on. That's okay. a great question. Thank you for asking Yeah, that's that. a great question. Listen, here's what we need to talk about. <laughs> we need to talk about the fact that when I was probably 26 years old, and I, I'm going into a personal story. This is how they do it. I was having a yard sale in my front yard. I'm disinterested. And there were so many people stopping by. I lived on Main Street at the time. There's so many people stopping by. We didn't even have to put ads out. It was great. We just put stuff in the front yard. Put ads ah, out. That was America. It's great. It was, yeah. This was this was an American dream. It was, it was putting stuff in your front yard. You're getting lost by. in your own made-up no, no, story. No, hang on. <laughs> and so there were so many people walking around in my front yard that the grass was all trampled by the end of the day. I saw that we had a mole in the front yard. I forgot about that little mole that day. Maybe it's because you stopped feeding it. Until later in the day when I realized that the mole had been freaked out all day by the amount of stomping, stomping, stomping in my front yard. He didn't know what to do. So he had curled up in a little ball that was barely covered by dirt next to my sidewalk. You know what he did right at the end of the day? He peeked his head out. I hope out. he died so the story ends. No, he peeked his head <laughs> is out. This done? And he looked to see if anybody was around because it was starting to slow down a little bit. And that's Ryan. the first time I saw him. And you Ryan. know what I did? I stepped on him. Ryan! <laughs> Read Tom's comment. What do you, what, do you not have the screamer? Tom says, yes, worms are on their diet. All right, we're taking Tom's word for it. Thank you, Tom. Do worms dig, or do, do worms <laughs> dig for moles? <laughs> That's the real takeaway here. Did you watch SNL? Uh, in clips. In clips? I watched a lot of clips, though. I want to go back, dare I say, I want to maybe, maybe want to watch the whole episode. I watched his, uh, this is his, from his commercial, I watched his monologue. Mm-hmm. And he took shots at everybody. Yes, he did. And I di- are people upset about it? No, but they're pretending to be if you work at Vanity Fair. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the job description? That's pretty much what you do. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, that's just a Monday? Yeah. What what is the what is the criticism at Vanity Fair? Have you read it? Um, I think that he used the R word. Yes, he said in his monologue he referred to Down Syndrome people who are he has a niece who has Down syndrome, and he did say the word retarded in it. And then they also said, I, 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 don't, I didn't catch this one. He said something about like a gay joke that was off color, but I don't know what they were referring to. But that's that. So they were really up in arms about that because it offended their sensibilities. Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire, who I really appreciate Michael Knowles because... He doesn't come off to me the way he feels to me more cultural and socially interested than he does the normal political slap fights that I participate in. I just feel like when Michael Knowles is reacting to something, I'd be more interested in sitting at an event at a table kind of in the back where we could whisper things back and forth because I think we would have a similar sense of humor. But he was talking about... The monologue where, as you pointed out, he uh, is talking about a family member who has Down syndrome, which this is this. I have seen him on multiple reels and stuff as he comes up in my timeline. He talks about this as part of his stand up. He didn't decide to go in on this topic on SNL. SNL knows that this is what he talks about when he normally does stand up and he was there. So it's not like. He got on Saturday Night Live 
as a host and then all of a sudden brought this one out and they're like, whoa, what are you doing? They should have known. Um, this is what Michael Knowles tweeted about this. And I, I, I just can't. I want to find Michael Knowles and high five him for this. Conservatives will sometimes make jokes about mentally retarded people, but then also celebrate them and defend their right to life. While liberals won't even say the word retarded for fear of offending the people they advocate exterminating in the womb. It's a bold statement. I'd like go to break. Because what I just said there to the activist left, the most offensive thing in that sentence is the fact that Michael Knowles typed out the word retarded. And I understand why people don't like that word. I do not use that word. I, if my kids said it, I would correct them and say, don't say that word. Because I I understand the musical application of that word. I understand that there is a medical application of that word. And society has taken that word and turned it into a pejorative that... I just don't like. So if I have control around a certain space of which I just refer to me or my children, I will control that space. I can't control what other another person says. I can choose to relate with them or to them or not. But the word exists. And in comedy, you know, it's almost, is it safe to say that the R word and the N-word so socially have been put somewhere, maybe not in the same box, but in the same cabinet where the boxes are sto- stored. Yeah, they're stored in the same cabinet. Yeah, they're off limits. I hear the other word in comedy all the time. Well, that's true. So I don't think it's outrageous to think that you're going to... But I honestly... Let me ask you this question. Which word do you hear used more often in comedy? Don't say the word. Uh, yeah, the N-word. Much With much more frequency than what Shane Gillis was saying. The left's aggressive battle with how you talk isn't actually about the word itself. It's about the power that having control over vocabulary is consolidated on one side against another side. And it supersedes the idea that there are European countries, and I'm sure countries other places, but Europe is usually where these stories are are told the most in my experience. There are European countries, and there is a state that I live in that will willfully allow you to find out that your baby has Down syndrome and you can just kill it. The idea that that child that has Down syndrome, and if you listen to what Shane Gillis says, he goes, these are the happiest people you will ever meet in your life. And if you know someone who has Down syndrome, you know that while they aren't the same as people who don't have Down syndrome, they are blessings, and those blessings abound with every single person they come into contact with. There is only one political party that advocates For the discovery that that is the condition that exists with the child being carried in a womb that is reason to kill that baby. And for Michael Knowles 
to point out that liberals won't even say the word retarded for fear of offending the people they advocate exterminating in the womb. I mean, that just swoops down and hits me hard because it is so on the point true. If, if, if it were up to me, if Shane Gillis called me and was like, hey, I'm going to say the R word, you can tell me not to and I won't do it. Would I tell him not to? I would tell him I feel uncomfortable when I hear that word. I don't like to hear that word. I don't want to really be around that word when it's used as a way to joke about people. And then I would let him do whatever it is that he's going to do because that's the way this country works. You get to speak for yourself. And I get to hear that word and judge the, the, the choice to implement that word. If I'm listening to music and there are, uh, you know, the other word is involved in it, I can choose to be around that world word or I can choose to not be around that word. But I'm not like calling up the artist going, this is absolutely offensive and you need to stop this right now. But I do get to make my choice. Because to me, those are words. When a political movement wants to take those words and use them to destroy people, to cancel people, to, to take power over those people... And in the meantime, that power allows them to do things like the state of Illinois, what they have done with abortion rights. They want to be the destination in the Midwest, if not the country, for abortion. How upside down is it to, like, pull your hair out over a word when you look at what they're willing to justify? What's the phrase? What's the line you always say? Something about booze and I know what makes you. Oh, yeah. I know what makes you cheer. I, I, your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what makes you cheer. Yeah. That's where I am on it. Yeah. I I really like it's it's almost like the the subject matter and the word aside and words aside. I really like when anybody and this usually is the role of comedy is willing to do something publicly that's just sort of going into territory that everybody said is off limits. You can't do that. It's sacrosanct. They 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 bring out these Fabergé eggs every now and then and they have gloves and they hold them up and they go Look at this thing. You cannot, you, you can only participate in this thing and, and touch it in the ways that I say. And they set it back down. And a comedian comes along and just says, what would it be like if I got my fingerprints on that a little bit? I, I really like that. And we need more of that. And to see it on Saturday Night Live is good because that's an American institution that he's going around kind of poking the bear on. And we need more of that. Yeah, but to Annie's point, the, the whole thing about this is is that... To the leftists, when you look at this this topic and the way Michael Knowles laid it out, to the leftists, it's more important to sound virtuous than to actually be virtuous. You know, it's more important to them that you know that I don't use the R word. I don't particularly like them because I want them exterminated in the womb, but I don't use that word. That's, that's a horrible. That's a rea- it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Rachel on Facebook says, FYI, mental retardation is not a medical diagnosis anymore and not in the DSMB manual for over a decade now. It should not be used and is absolutely in line with the N-word. Just to clarify my words in case that is needed, um, I I think what I said was that I understand how it has been used in the medical community. So um, I I don't think I said that it was a medical diagnosis, but I think Rachel makes a very good point, and I want to make sure that it gets included in the show here uh, so we can be factual. See, this, this segment started with us wondering if moles dig worms. <laughs> That's what's great about the 2 o'clock hour. You start wherever you want, and you end, you never know where it goes. <laughs> Do they? Do we need to talk more about 
moles and worms? No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm going to, okay. before we go to the break here, I'm going to play you a part of uh, <laughs> Shane Gillis's White Men Can't Trump skit where he gets a pair of the golden tennis shoes. And when he puts the tennis shoes on, the, the, the question that is posed at the beginning is that he's bad at basketball, but he gets these sneakers and he puts them on. And he puts them on so he can be good at basketball. But it doesn't make him any ba- better at basketball, but he just pretends like he is. <laughs> he's just <laughs> more confident. The jo- yeah, he's just very much more confident. And then he starts turning into Donald Trump. And the funny thing is, as a Trump supporter, I thought, this is so well done. Yeah, it was funny. It was so funny. Listen to this, and we'll be back in just a minute here. Why am I such a loser? But that's all about to change. Gordon, thought you could use these. Donald J. Trump? <laughs> Oh, Trump never surrender sneakers? Awesome. I'm open. And Gordon Dwyer's about to find out that winning... Come on, man, how'd you miss that? ...is a state of mind. I didn't miss. It went in. Oh. All right. From Newsmax Studios and the writer of Like Mike comes another magical sneaker movie for white people. So you're saying these Trump shoes made you good at basketball? No, they gave me the power to say I'm good at basketball. And then double down on that until people actually start to believe it. Now he gets whatever he wants. Mr. Mitchell, everybody's saying I should have your office because my cubicle is a disaster right now. Well, can I have a minute to gather my things? Bye-bye. So more from Shane Gillis. Uh, we'll share the video at Annie Fry Show on Twitter. Let's talk a little bit more about some more fun and interesting news stories, of course, uh, that happened over the weekend. There's a lot of news that's been going on. We haven't even really talked about Nikki Haley in South Carolina. Not that there's really that much to talk about. Stick around. Go vote in the Annie Fry YouTube channel uh, live chat poll. Does it matter to you who serves as the party chairman? Yes or no? Let us know what you think. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Danny Fry Show. Yeah, I've, I've noticed this. Um, we were talking in the first segment about Shane Gillis, his monologue. We played a little bit of the clip from his commercial about drum sneakers, which was hilarious. But when, when we talk about people being able to say things that offend you versus eliminating things that can be said because it might offend somebody. There's a common human decency factor that should be in there as part of that equation that doesn't really get talked about. I mean, like the people who are out there saying those types of words to get a rise out of people just like in, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of setting stand-up comedy aside because if they're not pushing boundaries, nobody's going to pay attention to them. You don't go on a stage all by yourself with just a microphone and a drink and say things that everybody agrees with. Well, you got to have some edge. <laughs> There's some leftist comics that seem to do that. Are they funny? No. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, that is like a group therapy session more than it is a, a comedy show. But we are as a, we societally have become so soft. It is so evident. In pretty much every arena that I find myself being in, that the softness that we experience is really degrading to society as a whole. Our ability to be in the proximity of something we don't prefer has dwindled. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, if you don't like something that's going on, you now are entitled to change the behavior, the existence of, the outcome of, the thing that you don't like. But the problem is, is that is not that's not sustainable in community. Right. You actually have to have a lot of patience and a lot of resolve about, you know what, this is who I am. I'm going to show people who I am, and they're going to show me who they are. And then society can judge where they want to gravitate to. But instead of self-reflection, everything about self is okay. In fact, it's actually wonderful. The, the, those parts about you that society would make you feel are bad, those are the best things about you. Celebrate it. Yay. <laughs> Don't improve it. Because if you're improving it, whose standards are you improving it for? You be you. If, if anybody makes you to feel smaller or less, they're the problem. You don't have anything about you that you need to change. And that is detrimental to a progressive society. Yeah, nobody likes getting their feelings hurt. That, that, so, so there are powers that kind of prey on that. They go, oh, you, you know, you've had your feelings hurt before. That feels terrible, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Well, this person's feelings are hurt now, so we're going to change society based on that. And you kind of go, well, dang it, I don't necessarily agree with all that. But I also don't like getting my feelings hurt. What we've lost is emotional perseverance. Because anybody, always, throughout the history of time and in the future, everybody's going to get their feelings hurt at some point. You have to have the ability to sort of go through it. And we have catered all of the whole society of America to the idea that you shouldn't have to go through it. It, it's a false premise that we're building all this on, and it's based on emotions because it works. How do you, it, you ra you're raising children. Your kids are nine, or the, the twins are nine? Yeah. So 
my kids, for, my son is 14, my daughter is 11. And middle school is maybe the meanest time of your life. That's terrible. I mean, because everybody's trying to jockey to fit in. And in middle school, there is no building each other up. No, it's, it is survival to fit in. Where do, where do I fit in? Who appears to be socially above me? Who appears to be socially below me? If you're socially below me, I can treat you a certain way. If you're socially above me, the way to get ahead of you is to bring you down. That's it. That's the science of middle school. Mm-hmm. Coaching, I started coaching fourth graders, and, and it has been a true test of my patience. <laughs> because fourth, fifth, and going into sixth grade is when kids start to mature. It just kind of across the spectrum some kids do it quicker. A lot of times it's if they have older siblings or something. Their home life has a lot of effect on that. If you're the oldest kid, you're, you're less likely to know what it's like to be around older people and yeah. have to associate with that. Um, but I have had multiple conversations with specifically my daughter. Like, I come home and I hear what my daughter says. And, like, my favorite one was when... uh she was telling me about this girl in her class and they just they they just went to school to be mad at each other and i think this is in fourth grade maybe i think it was in fourth grade and she'd be like she said to me she goes all she does is stare at me all day i'm like i said how do you know (laughs) and she goes because i see her doing it i go don't look at her and she's like, I can't because she's staring at me all the time. I go, she's telling her mom right now that all you do is stare at her all day. And her mom's going, how do you know? <laughs> I said, stop looking at her. I said, she's staring at you because you're staring at her. Pay attention to the teacher. <laughs> and so. Or wave. We, <laughs> say hi. Yeah. Give her a compliment. And the funny thing was, is at that age, there, I mean, the, this, the thing that is so important for children no, for parents and adults to remember about these children is they are trying to figure something out they've never done before. They're trying to do it with their peers around them who are all trying to figure it. All these kids want is to be liked and accepted. That's all that they want. But that doesn't mean that if your kid is doing some punk thing or if there's something your kid is not doing well, that as a parent, the loving thing for me to do is you just keep doing that and tell them to pound sand. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. But we do that. Like, adults do that. Grown-ups do that. It finally got to the point with these two girls where I sat, it was fourth grade, I sat them down, we were in practice, and I was had an assistant coach. I'm like, do something with these, I want those. And I took my daughter and this girl, and we sat down and had this conversation. I'm like, you guys should be best friends. I know that you're not getting along right now, but you can't even tell me why you're not getting along. You actually should be best friends. And they're both strong, beautiful, wonderful girls, and... They're both about to take on the world. And I said, you guys are going to be great at whatever you do. You can either be mortal enemies or you can take on the world together and have that much more success. And you should probably choose to do that, but neither one of you is going to have success. It's, it's going to eat at you for the rest of your time together. But it's your choice. You have to remember you have a choice. Put the best construction on things and figure out how to make this thing work because iron sharpens iron, girls. Let's go. Let's figure out how to get along and let's use our strengths to better one another and ourselves as a whole in the classroom, on the court, on the playground, wherever it might be. And if 
this girl, Jensen, to my daughter, if you need help with something and you're struggling with it, you need to ask for help. Same thing on the reversal. If, if she needs help, you need to be the first person in line saying, how do I help you? And those girls are pretty much best friends right now. I don't know if like today specifically. <laughs> I'd have to ask him. But they are great together. And they had to actively be told to make the choice to do better by people who are willing to criticize them and encourage them to do better. Societally, we it's the, the most amazing part about what is happening in society. This whole like, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay thing. Don't improve anything. On the surface, that feels like, okay, if I'm overweight, then I don't need to lose weight. I'm fine just the way I am. So it's not the diet industries. They don't have the power anymore to facilitate this want and desire for something you don't have that they can provide you so that you can get somewhere you aren't right now. There is a huge industry on the other end that is still profiting off of the idea that Mm -hmm. being unhealthy, which isn't necessarily size or shape, but being overweight, whatever that is, is where you should stay. There are people who are actively making money off of keeping people in that state of mind. Brad, you see this and, and comment on this a lot. You've lost 100 pounds over yep. the course of your lifetime. You had a, for new listeners, Brad, you've had how many heart attacks? Three. Three heart attacks. The first mm-hmm. one when you were? 27. And you were overweight. Yeah, 330 pounds. And if that doctor would have said to you, Brad, you're fine just the way you are. I would have died. I would have died. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The only, As a matter of fact, the second heart attack that I had was a direct result of doing all the right things in the first one because I was getting better. Um, f- just to kind of lay this out for you, I had a 100% blockage in this one particular artery in my heart. Um, when I started dieting and losing weight, that blockage opened up. And when that blockage opened up, I found out that it opened up because a little blood clot got stuck in that opening and caused a a real mild one for my second heart attack. And so when that happened, then the doctor went in there, sucked that little blood clot out, and then was able to put in a stent, which he wasn't able to do before, to open that passage up again. So it's, yeah, there's, I would have died. I, I wouldn't have changed my lifestyle. I wouldn't have done anything. I mean, I was 27 years old eating pizza and nachos, but not like regular nachos, like just meat and cheese only nachos with extra meat and extra cheese. You know, palate of a five-year-old, I would have died because I wouldn't have changed my diet and it would have happened again at a different artery or in a different place in my heart that would have killed me. And so, it's not loving for your doctor no. to make you feel good in that moment. And you know what? That's what I, one of the things I appreciate about my doctor is, is he's, he doesn't hesitate to tell me, hey, this is good. This is bad, and this is why this is bad. He's not there to try to hurt my feelings. He's there to try to help my life. He's there to try to make my life better. And and ultimately, people get so caught up in the words that they lose what the words are there trying to do. It's what a person's intentions are behind the words that make them hurtful or not. If your doctor has bad bedside manner, but they're really good at their job and they tell you things, they're telling you things for your benefit. They actually do care about you. What do you say to the person who thinks that they're fat and they're underweight significantly, but they still look in the mirror and they still feel that they're fat. And you say to them, you're, you know, the way you feel about yourself, that's something you need to embrace. And you enable them to Mm -hmm. continue down this path of literal destruction because you want to validate their feelings. 
We don't do that in society, and it does go both ways. You need people, like the most, really the takeaway here is that you need people in your life who care more about you than they care about all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a relationship connection that exists where when someone tells you something that you don't prefer to hear, you still need to know your circle of people who are able to deliver that message to you Those are the people who aren't selling you anything. Those are the people who are stepping in and taking a risk to say something to you that they believe in their heart that you need to hear. When the world won't step up and say it, those people are the ones who will. And absent those people in the lives specifically of children, the message that's coming out from marketing America is the opposite to embrace your downfalls um, and make them your successes. And to if you feel like you're a victim in category A, B, C, or D, that's your superpower. That's your strength. How does it feel to be told by people that by virtue of the color of your skin, I know people will try to say that, that uh, you know, they'll try to make you a bad guy out of this, but you're a victim and because of that, like just because it's something that you just walked in the room and people saw that that turns you into some sort of victim. That's not really an empowering message for kids who are growing up today. And, you know, Ryan, as you're raising children who are every day at nine, they're certainly seeing the world and they're they're taking in as much information as they can on any given basis. And they're trying to put all the pieces of data together to understand the way society functions, it's very hard as a parent to insert yourself in there to make sure that you can't change the way the world functions, but you can teach your kids how to live in a world that is a certain way and react in an appropriate way. Yeah, and that I'll be here to help you navigate it because they need badly. They badly want guidance. They want boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we're in a place right now where... Uh, the, the thing we're trying to do to kids more than more often than not is to remove boundaries off of them. No, that's that's the opposite of what kids want. It, it's the opposite of what makes kids thrive is they need to know the rules. They need to know what's OK and what's not so that they can figure out how to function within the, the safety, the confines of those rules. And so we're, we're doing a tremendous disservice to children when we tell them, well, whatever makes you happy. It's it's they don't know. In fact, we as adults most of the time don't know. So that message just is so hollow, and we have to be willing to step into And sometimes it's not even your own kids. If you're a coach, if you're a teacher, sometimes you have to do that, and you've got to tread lightly because you got to know your boundaries too. But setting up boundaries for kids is important. It is not possible to raise kids that are going to be resilient in what they're going to grow into in our society, wherever they might be. And be soft. You can't be soft. And if other people don't like it, it doesn't matter. We have to be willing to sustain the idea that you can't be comfortable in every everything you do and everywhere you go. And the truth of the matter is the people who are keeping the guardrails up on, all right, this is the what, capital S, capital S, safe space that you can be in where you can feel comfortable and you can feel accepted What happens the second you step out of that safe space? What are those kids going to do? What are they going to understand? They're going to be criticized. Have you reinforced that there's something about them that is 
um, undesirable that if they just in their mind think, nope, I'm okay, is that going to be enough to withstand what happens to them when they go outside of that that safe space guardrail? There needs to be more substance to that. There needs to be a real confidence that even in the face of adversity, that they're going to be strong enough to have those values, have the core uh, confidence that they need to stand up against what is a pushing back against them and understand, you know what, those people don't like me. And I don't care. I don't, I don't feel an obligation to have to change their mind about anything. There's no crusade. That person doesn't matter to me because I know who I am. That doesn't seem to be the message today. No, it's not. Um, and we as, <clears throat> excuse me, we as parents, we don't say no enough either in love because there has to be both. It's important when you're telling your kid no, you say it's with love. <laughs> well, it has to be because if you're always no all the time, then it's it's going to be, it's too stern, it's too mean. You have to be able to tell them no and set up those boundaries uh, because a lot of parents don't do that. I would say we err on that side of things much more than we do the other. Uh, but you got to be able to say no, but you have to be doing it in love to where the child, maybe even not in that moment, but eventually will know that it was because they loved me that they're saying no. Yeah, completely agree. YouTube live chat poll. Does it matter to you who serves as the party chairman? Some of your responses and the results of today's YouTube live chat poll when we come back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the Andy Fry Show. We're going to get to um, the results of the YouTube live chat poll here in a second. Uh, Does it matter to you who serves as the party chairman? As Ryan just reported there, Ronna McDaniel uh, stepping down next to after next Tuesday, which is Super Tuesday. Is there any possibility? I mean, is Nikki Haley is not going to win any of those states in Super? I don't, not not that I've seen. That would be a big story if she won one state. Yeah, it would be a big story, which is. It speaks more to the bar that's been set than her possibility of winning anything. Is she trying to run third party? No. Not happening. I'm confident that she is not. Why? Well, she keeps saying that she's not, first of all, which doesn't always mean everything in politics. But I just don't see her. I I think she understands her place well enough that she's trying to create an image of herself as this semi-centrist 
which she's not entirely. She's very much an old school Republican, so she's not a centrist. But I think she's trying to create an image of herself right now so that she can catapult that into who knows what career next. Do we need Nikki Haley and Nikki Haley supporters in the Republican Party, or do we want them gone? No, we need them. We just need them to see why the, the party is yeah. changing. I think that her her party, her Nikki Haley and Nikki Haley voters fit, and they fit in certain areas of the country, certain states. What's the What's the big delineation? Forget about Trump. Take Trump out of it. I think that, well, for me, her her biggest thing is is it's more establishment business as usual kind of stuff. But what does that mean? Yeah, it's very much attitude. It's hard to pin down what that is. I will say the one well, big difference policy-wise foreign policy that I it was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say, is foreign policy. It seems to be that establishment Republicans tend to be much more about America's place in the world. And the kind of America first Republican would say, very much that America first. Let's but, deal with the other stuff. Second. But America first doesn't mean America only. Right. It doesn't. And I'm not I I am America first. And I feel like that's where our focus needs to be. But I see value in having strategic positions across the world so that we can act quickly. And so that we are also in a position, you know, it's like keep your friends close and your enemies closer. The, the different places where we can have military presence not i'm not talking about nation building or nation destroying mm-hmm. i'm just saying like generally speaking having a military presence isn't by rule bad in my mind and that's a completely worthy debate and i, I think it's one that's been happening i don't think it's bad in trump's mind either no i don't either but i do think there is a difference in approach and that's the policy difference that you were talking about or asking for is that there's a difference in approach between the old Republican Guard and the new Republican Guard to most foreign policy issues. But I also don't think that Nikki fits in that as much. I just think when I said take out the Trump factor, I think it's very hard to do. Oh, yeah, it's very difficult. Because he's on, he got his fingerprints yeah. on everything. Um, about the YouTube live chat poll, does it matter to you who serves as the party chairman? Let's say Billy said my answer is no. To be honest, I don't know why they are there to begin with, which may be one of the things the party chairman needs to do is establish publicly why they are there to begin with. Ripper said, I said, yes, it matters, but not very much. Whoever it is will have to be or pretend to be a Trump sycophant. Jackie says, yes, it matters. Listen to we the people. That role is not about serving a small and select group of people. And Jack says, hi, Jack. Haven't seen you here for a minute. I care who the party chair is, and I'm glad to hear McDaniel is out. She was ineffective. So thank you to everybody who commented and also everybody who voted. Of the people who voted today, does it matter to you who serves as the party chairman? Brad, you said yes or no? Sorry. (laughs) I I pointed at Ryan. I said said yes, it does matter. And you say? Yes. I say yes as well. And 71% agree. So, yeah, you care. We'll see what happens next if Donald Trump gets his way for who he wants to have be there. And Ron McDaniel out after Super Tuesday. Mark Reardon in. Coming up next. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.